0: Hello, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Director's Cut, brought to you by the Directors Guild of America, featuring today's top directors sharing behind the scenes stories of their latest films and insights into the craft of directing. Please take a second to subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode takes us behind the scenes of director David Mackenzie's new historical drama, Outlaw King. reteaming Mr. Mackenzie with his Heller Highwater co-star Chris Pine, the film follows legendary warrior Robert the Bruce, who claims the throne in 14th century Scotland and leads a band of outlaws in an uprising as they attempt to win back the crown from English rule. In addition to Outlaw King and Heller High Water, Mr. Mackenzie's credits include the feature films Tonight Your Mine. Start Up, Spread, The Last Word, and Heroes at Home, and the pilot for the series, Damnation. Following a recent screening of the film at the DGA Theater in Los Angeles, Mr. McKenzie spoke with director Jeremy Saunier about filming Outlaw King. During their conversation, Mr. McKenzie discusses what it was like working with Netflix to produce the film, his preference against using storyboards, and making a big-budget film whose ending was largely improvised.
1: Hi guys.
2: Hey everybody, how are you sir? I'm very good, thank you sir. Well done. Um, This is my first time moderating, so you have to forgive me. I had the opportunity to prepare. I was given a link, the press notes and everything. But um, I blew it because I just came to watch it on the big screen instead. I I had this time allocated, I watched it on my computer And I said, well, after that I I, I need to go see it um, with the full sound and color, so sorry. Thank you, (laughs) I appreciate it, it's all good. Um, Thank you guys for coming to see it too. Yeah, so I guess I did look at the press notes, but I find I I don't want to be too informed. I want to come in like a total ignoramus um, with natural curiosity. So basically, you know, you had Come off of hell or high water, very well received. Um, I imagine you had your pick. So, did you f- find this, or did this find you? How did this this come together?
1: Uh, we, it's something that we've been working on for uh, quite a while, and and, and um, it was always going to be a relatively big scale movie. And there were questions in in, in my head and 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 Gillian by my producer's head as to whether we would ever find a way of making the film, and and somehow or the hell or high water was well received and and it felt like uh the opportunity was there to to be able to take this passion project and 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 make a an uncompromising and uh uh big big sort of scale uh, you know e- epic uh of um our own making uh in in a way that was the the, the it never been presented before, and mm-hmm. and so we, we we ran with the ball and took it, and and we've had a chance um, to to make a film on on a, on a way bigger scale than I've ever made before, and and to do so uh, without without uh, any real compromises, and uh, and and to kind of employ methods of filmmaking that were the the same as the methods I would have employed in. It on, on smaller scale films, mm-hmm. but on a, on a big scale, which has been a real privilege, and, and I'm very sort of honored and happy to be allowed to do it.
2: That's great, I mean, knowing how development works, it's, it's really, really encouraging to hear that something that's sort of been gestating for a while actually finds the timing and, and the circumstances align where you actually get to make that, that passion project of a much bigger scale than you had previously imagined. Or, when, or that ceiling, I guess, was raised on you, which is great.
1: And well, it was. I mean, a lot of it was luck, but I mean the fact that that you know we sort of got the got the green light in April last year, um, and and um, we we had a weather window to shoot in in Scotland. It's after after sort of the end of November, it's kind of there's not enough light. It gets cold. It's it's hard, and and so we you know we had to kind of rush through prep. There's a lot of development. You know the script still wasn't quite ready. We had to kind of do a lot of work on that, and obviously do the usual things that you do to put a film together. Um, uh, but it was it was great to just to be able to get a, a proper green light and just go right okay we're we're, we're moving now let's do it
2: yeah it's amazing uh, i have been through the process uh so i've been asked this many times but people do want to know you know what's it like working with netflix <laughs>
1: it's great i uh, i recommend it uh, i mean i mean, quite genuinely that you know net you know the idea of being allowed to make a film on this scale without you know, um any any sort of any, anything impeding your kind of creative control um, and and uh, being trusted to to do what you think is necessary as a director um, and everyone else on the team to do what they think is necessary. Uh, it, it it feels like that's the way filmmaking should be, and it's not very often that that is the way filmmaking mm-hmm. is. So um, I'm I feel very happy with the experience of working with with them.
2: Even so, I was very impressed because. I have this thing I was trying to decode like what's happening with movies today, and every film I seem to make is is just so damn difficult, and half my energy is just funneled into you know the, the politics of it, logistics and one day I was have you you've seen the film Risky business I'm a fan of that film, but it's a modestly it's 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 a sort of a small scale movie house party whatnot, but I looked it up one day. And they got 55 days to shoot that, and you had 65 to shoot this insane, epic, medieval film. So, I mean, by that standard, I mean bravo, unbelievable.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Um, 65 days to me felt like a luxury um, <laughs> until I realized that there had a lot to do in that 65 days, and, yeah. and uh, it, you know, there, there wasn't really a day when when there were, there was a kind of plain sailing day at all. Every day, every day was a, it was a struggle, and there were lots of days where I I would sort of you know lie awake at that the night before thinking how the heck am I going to get through the day you know but but we we did and I had a great team and um, uh, it, it the sort of what I I'm interested in doing is I'm interested in being a little bit improvisatory on 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 every day and 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 for every day to be a bit of a voyage of discovery and so so there there is a kind of. A little bit of terror when you hit the day, and then you get through the day you know somehow or other. <laughs> and then you come up the other side, and that sort of that, 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 that seems to be what what happens, and each day produces a different set of results and as long as you stay on schedule, which we did um, and on budget, which is in, in the hands of other people apart from you, as long as you're staying on schedule, um, that, then, you, then you, you're not indebted and and you kind of are, continue to be allowed to do what you want to do in, in in the terms of as I understand it
2: it's amazing and one thing that struck me about this film was the variation in technique and how well integrated it wasn't in, into one style but i noticed you know a lot of wide angle steady uh sort of long lens sort of formally composed close-ups zooms handheld uh, explain your style a bit because it, it seems like again it's really intuitive and, and seems very natural and it's something i haven't seen before um what well, i this
1: the word intuitive is is a good good word, and and that's what we're sort of trying to do. Um, in, in this particular film, I had many more cameras than I no, normally have. I normally have only a couple of cameras. I think there were sometimes five or six cameras on, yeah. on this one for for, for the, the the bigger one. So there's a a little bit more kind of randomness involved, or a little bit more trying to kind of like pick this off and pick that off. Um, but the 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 idea of it, it w- w- the aspiration was w- what I call epic realism. Um, and, uh, and so we, we wanted to have be playing it on a, on a big scale, but I never wanted to lose the sense of of, of reality, um, and and the representation of that. We shot mostly natural light. That the, the nighttime stuff is 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 candlelight and brazier light with all the kind of smoke there, and, and and just a very small amount of augmentation, and nothing that would would impede the freedom of of what people were doing. And so it was all all, all sort of open to to be. Uh, improvised and fresh, and and not, are not, um, <coughs> too predetermined. Obviously, it's slightly different when you got um, uh, your stunts and and things like that, that that have to be coordinated. But you're still trying to keep that sense of of it being organic within within the stunts. Mm. Um, and that uh, I guess is the kind of flavour I'm, I'm after. Whether whether that's a style or or not, I'm not sure. But it's like a it's like how 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 to, how to keep things. Feeling fresh and alive and, and and intense and and new each time, um, while still keeping one eye on on it, it being aesthetically kind of beautiful and interesting, mm-hmm. but not being overwhelmed by 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 aestheticizing it.
2: Yeah, it has a single camera feel to it. But it's 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 cool to know that you actually were rolling a bunch. But the way you edited it, it seemed like it was very assured, um, and. As far as grounded realism within this epic scale, you know, I I certainly when I embark on these these film journeys, I that that is my mantra. It's like I just need it to be real. Any artificiality or, or veneer, I just uh, it bothers me. And I I do look for visual effects mistakes. I look for false notes, and I damn it, I couldn't find any. Uh, how as far as it seems like there's a probably a bunch of compositing and. And really in-depth visual effects, but like, what was that process like? In that, it's really hard to tell where it is. Well,
1: I mean, it was always going to have to be a visual effects movie, just because you, you kind of you can't do it otherwise nowadays. Um, but we, we we wanted it to feel like it it wasn't a visual effects movie, and so so we we kind of tried to make sure the foregrounds were were as um, as as unaffected as possible, and just deal with background, deal with a little bit of augmentation. Um, uh, in, in most, of there, there are one or two kind of the the larger shots which are where, where there's there's you know, fewer elements are real and 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 but 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 there's always an element or something of reality in there that that, that, that you're, you're picking from. I've never really I've never really done a VFX movie before this, and so it was a it was a quite steep learning curve for me, and and and, and I I was encouraged by my VFX um, supervisor who to to just not think about it at all. And, and, yeah. and so um, that was my kind of attitude, was just, just we'll, we'll, we'll fill in the gaps, we'll get rid of the, you know, whatever you gotta get rid of, and you know, that which is sort of now very normal. And uh, uh, But but make the film as, as alive in camera as possible, and, and that's kind of what we did.
2: Yeah, and you've done a press tour for this, so are you sick and tired of talking about that Steadicam wonder in the beginning? Uh, the, the, question, the questions
1: I get on the press tour are not are, are, are not the same as your questions i I'm, <laughs> I'm very happy to carry on talking to you um, yeah, no, i mean the one the one the idea yeah. of the one was basically that that you, you, there's a lot of history that needs to be a lot of prehistory of the story that needs to be kind of brought out um and that was a, you know uh, we, we in the development process sometimes there was a, it was a half an hour of or thirty pages of script before mm. we got to that point. Um, because there's so much information to get out and, and, and I just didn't want to do that. and So I wanted to just find a way of getting all the information that, that was possibly needed to set the audience up for what they needed as quickly and efficiently as possible. So sort of putting it all in one scene, which is based on a reality, that the siege of Sterling really happened mm-hmm. and, and the Lords were surrendering, um, felt like a like a a, you know, a challenge to do it. It was quite late in the day when we did it in, in terms of the script process of that. But I kind of pushed ahead to try and get uh, get get it, it all done in this one scene, and then the idea of it all being done in a, in a one shot just felt like the most logical way of doing that. Um, in you know, at, at writing stage, and and so wrote it wrote it with that in mind, um, and just the ambition was to get all all of that information, all the characters add a sword fight in there, add, mm-hmm. a, 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 you know, add a massive kind of like trebuchet going off, and, uh, but, but also the, uh, the, the, by the time you actually cut, the audience have, are, are now sort of fully immersed into the world, and so Absolutely. they don't, they don't you know, you, you, you know, by the time that, that shot's over, everyone, I hope, knows roughly where they stand.
2: Yeah, it, it's really an amazing way to sort of enter that world, and when, what a finale of that shot, too. Um, at this point, do we have any questions from the audience?
1: Yes, totally. As we said, I mean, we said at the beginning, it's based on historical events. So there's a, every, you know, it, there's some conflation at the beginning. That opening scene is kind of conflating things, and and there's some conflation at the end, at um, uh, the very end. But essentially, every, all the historical events in in the it, all the events in the movie are based on historical events. Of course, they've been dramatized, uh, and 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 so to that extent, it's I mean, it's not a documentary. You know, but but there, it, it's. Deeply rooted in in historical information, and that, and it, it, in a way that's really important to me as a as a as a as a someone trying to represent this story, um, to to do everything I possibly could to 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 keep it as real as possible, and 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 not just in terms of the story itself, the, those events, but also in terms of representing the um, the way that ways of life of that time, the you know the details of the um the weddings and the and the funerals and all that came from 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 research and the costumes and 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 i've sort of said quite firmly that i that i call this an anti-fantasy film if you you know the the sort of comparison might be a kind of game of thronesy type thing where everything's allowed to be maximalist and 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 exaggerated in a way that's um uh, you know, serves dramatic purposes and serves visual purposes, but, but is not real. Uh, this is this was designed to be a deeply sort of real and um, realist uh, interpretation of, of something that we can only really imagine from 700 years ago. We have scant records of but whatever we could you know build upon we did
2: yeah, just the, the battle scenes and, and, and how dense they were with the horse stunts and, and all the carnage. How'd you do that?
1: Well, you you work with uh, work with good good teams, you know, and 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 try. I mean, the thing for me with all the, all of that um, violent stuff is not not to try and glamorize it or or make it feel like it's choreographed. Of course, it is choreographed because it has to be because there's a lot of safety issues involved. But uh, because the, there's a sort of hopefully a tone where things are a little bit fresh and a little bit feel a little bit kind of it, it, you know ricketing and improvising in various points along the way and it's very it's muddy and it's you know those are elemental factors are in there that the, the, the that the that that choreography just starts to get lost and you start to lose you know the, the 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 boundaries between the 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 organization and the and the and the chaos um and that that was the that's the aspiration of that and uh we had i mean that the main unit elements of that battle scene at the end was 5 days of shooting um which you know was i mean it's obviously you know the, the second year had a couple of weeks of doing the, the the bigger stuff and um but trying to get all the actors to to you know do what they got to do in in amongst those, that real mud and all that was was quite something and it was definitely and, and then the the end um where where he robert uh, decides not to kill the prince and uh, and the prince goes goes runs away and all that was was Improvised, so it's quite interesting to have a you know, pretty high budget movie with an improvised ending.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's, uh,
1: and I, I, I'm, I, I'm surprised I got away with that. But.
2: <laughs> um, as far as that sort of freshness you spoke about, I did notice. You know, parts were even like playful. It was re- it was really fun to see. I mean, I remember the um, that sort of reunion where the the score is is, is talking at the heartstrings. And then it's abruptly come. It comes to a stop at a slap sound effect, and just it was just really unexpected and fun. Like, wow, well, this is not what I'm used to. Um, you know, so I, I don't know. I just I, I thought there's there's a bunch of that. I, I, also, with with the the bigger scenes and the epic scale battles, um, I think it's sort of required in this in this uh, in this genre. But but some of the scenes that stuck out to me were really simple. These little vignettes. Um, did you have to fight for that scene where it's just um you know is it Elizabeth Elizabeth, yeah. Elizabeth singing in, in the stairway yeah. and just that's that's a nice song what is that uh that it sounds great thanks scene. was that
1: that was an improvised scene okay. that we just we we just uh, we didn't have it wasn't in the script and we just felt that we needed to um just just put some other little bits of kind of human stuff in there between That's them great. and, and uh, uh yeah i mean so in, in not i mean in terms of fighting for stuff it's always I mean, when you, the, you, all of you guys will know that you know that the, the main thing you're fighting half the time is is the schedule you know um mm-hmm. and uh so that's here. That was you know just trying to find a way of squeezing in uh, uh, yeah. additional improvised scenes. It's in really amongst, impactful. In amongst uh, schedules that are already really tight. Yeah. It's kind of that's that's uh, that's where the fight was.
2: It's a rarity because usually it's just like stick to the storyboards and do this and previous that, but to see something that human and realistic and just it, it did seem improv, but not in a loose way. And you know, just in a beautiful. How did they capture that way? So. Thank it's you. cool to know that. You I don't. Them. I
1: I hate. I don't know what you, other directors feel, but I hate storyboards because I think that they that they lock you into a prevision and they stop you from being open to the opportunities on you know in, in the moment. And the moment is far more interesting when all the ingredients are in place than, than it is when you're imagining it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, in in, in, in in a sort of limited environment of of, of either the writer's mind or, or or the director interpreting the writer's mind, um, and so yeah, and I, I I try and sort of limit as much preconception as I possibly
2: can to. Right. Um, Speaking of improv, okay, so you had worked with Chris Pine on *Hell or High Water*. I assume he's he's a fancy actor. He's offer only, right? Did you have to sneak in an accent test? Something so you could prove his worth? Because if an American actor comes on board, such an epic movie, so local to what you know, uh, you know. How did you take that leap, or did he offer up the accent to to reassure you before you you signed the no, deal? No, he
1: he, he did, not <laughs> I but I tried. I mean, he did, I mean, his Texas accent, which is and, and it's the same the same thing. Actually, when I was when we were doing that um, Hello Water, I was like, well, are we going to get that, uh, and then are we going to get a kind of like a, a sort of cliche Texas accent, or are we going to get something that that basically sounds authentic, but also sounds like it's it's not overwhelming the character, and I think that's you know when you're looking for accents with actors, you you, you want you do definitely want them to feel like they belong to the world, but not but mm-hmm. but they're also allowed to become the the character itself and uh, and and not get overwhelmed by the accent, and that was what we tried to do with this one. I mean, the reality of of the accent in this film is that seven hundred years ago. They would have been speaking a very, you know, they would have been speaking language that none of us would have understood, right. you know. So, so it, it was, a, it's a, it, you know, it, it, leaning into the the authenticity of the costumes, the landscape, the the, you know, castles, the everything else, you know, the accents of one of the fakest things in, in the whole thing. But, but, but we needed, we, we took a decision to be um, audience friendly in those terms yeah. because it felt like it would just, it would just be alienating otherwise.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Any other questions from the audience?
1: Yeah, Barry, great experience. Is that? Yeah, no. I, I mean, I've never worked with Barry before, um, uh, and um, it's it, it, so of so. they you know, I've, I've worked with one or two DPs, you know, regularly. So, so it's, it's always a case of trying to sort of explore um, how to get there. The, the important thing for me was that the, we were shooting in Scotland in in the fall at at a. Time when I think it's a really beautiful time of year, and and we wanted to use as much natural light as possible. And so it was the decision that Barry and I made early to to just go natural light, and and then when it came to the the interiors and the, and, the, and the night scenes to go also as much as possible natural light um, was a, was a huge part of it, uh, and then working with some great operators on the on the steadicams and 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 um, uh, the cranes whenever we had them uh, was a, was was a really important thing um i mean i i think barry barry is a you know really strong dp who's 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 been doing it for a long time and and it was important for me to work with somebody who was prepared to be as flexible and and uh, as intuitive as as possible and, and not to kind of you know have it all kind of set up and, and pre-planned and, and and barry kind of rode with that game in a, in a great way
2: we have time for one more question. Anyone? Um,
1: it, it's it's a good question. What was originally there, I think, was 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 there was a, there was a bit more of a contrived fight and an escape and a kind of an, 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 and and uh, and you know someone getting on a horse. It was a bit more of a kind of action sequence kind of thing. All of all of which sort of in in the middle of the mayhem. Not only did I not have the time to shoot. I didn't have the desire to shoot either, so so we you know we had literally it was going dark around because that that time of year it gets dark early, and and sort of bypassed this idea of the fight between them ending and 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 um, and uh, 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 and and the prince running off and and Robert not being able to get to him because he's too exhausted or whatever, you know and, and just turned it into this sort of strange act of mercy that. Um, I hope you know one of the fears about making a film like this is that you don't want it to be a kind of nationalist rah rah kind of um, thing, particularly in this day and age. And and, and it, that was never something that felt comfortable. For the, you know, the the, the sort of twenty year ago kind of brave heart thing is a is a different kind of emotion. It's a very different kind of film and different kind of sensitivity and sensibility. Um, and uh, so, just trying to find something that could that could allow allow that that ending to happen um with with without knowing where it would take and then and billy uh plays the prince you know improvised the you know mm. his sort of pathetic kind of crowing bird kind of um baby thing um that was fucking unbelievable you know and we and we started playing with that and it was and uh um and and just sort of you know, explored that and and then that's how it came about um and I, yeah, I mean, I, I sort of feel there's that, that there's it was an organic end to that in, to to that to that scene that, that I, it would be very very hard to put on a page. It was certainly very hard to put on a page and get it financed. <laughs> um, and and somehow other we did, you know, which is to me it feels really interesting. Yeah, I think it's the a- no. The way that the horse guys work are, are very. Um, uh, kind of coordinated. they you know, they the, the 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 guys riding them are athletes, but the horses themselves are athletes in a way, and they're and they're very used to tumbling, and they very, you know, they're, they're very, they, you know, they 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 do that sort of kicking their legs and uh, and 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 looking like they're really kind of um, in a state of misery, and then they get up again and uh, and seem to sort of smile and walk off, and and uh, there's, a, there's a there's a there's a sort of you know the, the horse team were a fantastic part of the film and the presence of the horses was huge in terms of just the physical weight and noise and, 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 and the way we we always had to kind of do what's known as program the horses at the beginning of a scene and I, I I had never done this before and so I got used to you know at the same time we would program the horses we would program this the, the, you know the supporting cast and uh uh and 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 eventually start programming the cast in some weird way so that by the time you actually start shooting something that ev- everyone has been programmed i.e. that they've ha- they've walked through the course and they know what they're doing um and and you can then get a uh, a sense of uh the opportunity to 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 improvise at the same time um as being safe and secure that, uh, that everyone's under control
2: Thanks, everybody. Uh, Masterful work. I look forward to more. I'm a big fan, so thanks for having me. And uh, thank you all for coming out.
1: Thank you very much. Thank you for moderating. really appreciate it. Thank you, guys.
0: Thanks for listening to another DGA Q&A. If you'd like to hear more, you can find past episodes of The Director's Cut wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll have a lot more for you in the coming weeks as awards season approaches including Q&As from directors Steve McQueen, Peter Farrelly, and Jason Reitman. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. If you're enjoying our podcast, please take a moment to rate and review us on iTunes. We'd love to hear your feedback, and you can help fellow cinephiles find the show. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.